Girls, I am so excited about this podcast. Number 36, Letting Go of Resentment. And I'm sitting in the home of Emily Eichley, a dear, dear friend. And I was trying to think, I think that I have known you for almost 10 years. Are we that long? I think so. That sounds like a long time. I met Emily... um, through Young Lives, yes. actually. And we were in a Starbucks. I remember it was in Snohomish. And she walks in and just, ah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, she does carry something special about her because she carries herself so well. And come to find out, she was into CrossFit. And I am I was looking to, to be fit. I didn't know anything about CrossFit at the time. And she had opened up her home, her garage, to just some gals and invited them to learn about CrossFit. And so I um, started going to her garage and come to find out she is one of the most fabulous coaches um, to ever walk this planet. And I no, I am serious about that. You can't see the face that I'm making at Pam (laughs) right now, but I'm slightly rolling my eyes. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna tell you more about that. But Emily, I want you to tell us just like give us like 60 seconds 90 seconds of who is Emily Eichley well can I give you the who is Emily Eichley right now version because I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes the story changes as we go and I think that ties into Mm -hmm. thinking about resentment but right now I am a mom to two teenage boys Mm -hmm. I am a teacher to two classes of fourth graders and I am a wife to a very cool husband. He's um, cool. He is very cool. In addition to uh, the other things in life with the dishwasher and the laundry doer and um, sometimes CrossFit or not as much anymore. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you who Emily Eichley is to me. I told you where uh, I met Emily, but always, okay, in my mind and if I ever reach JLo status, I have <laughs> formed a rock star team in my brain. And part of my rock star team, I have always put Emily Eichley on there to travel with me if I become a rock star everywhere I go, because you would be my life coach. Because one of your superpowers, Emily Eichley, is truth telling. And it's not, you You tell the truth, you don't barf the truth on people, but you really are a fine, fine example of speaking the truth in love. You validate people right where they're at, but then you tell the truth of the knowledge that you know. You don't try to like fluff it up. If you don't know something, you you say you don't know something, but here's what I do know, and here's what I do find find true, and you're a great listener, at where people are at and, and and like I said, validating that, but your ultimate superpower is truth telling, but truth telling in love. You are not a barfer of the truth. <laughs> you are a tell the truth in love. So that is who Emily Eichley is to me. Pam, that is very kind. It's very true. Thank you. I did not barf that on you. <laughs> I need to hold that for a minute and let that sink in. Yeah. Stew on that yes. for as long as you want. Thank you. Okay, I'm gonna fire some questions. Okay, I'm ready. You so I'm ready. the listeners can like, okay, 
All right. Okay. I see. All right, I'm in my okay. ready position. What's your coffee order? Your go-to coffee order? It depends on the time of year. Okay. If it's any holiday. Time of, okay. Right now, mm -hmm. it's just a straight up peppermint mocha. If it's going to be hot okay. and I'm going to pay money, it should have lots of sugar and peppermint. Okay. At home, forward. no sugar and cream. Boom. Peppermint mocha. Mm -hmm. um, what is your favorite smell? Oh, is it too much to say, Andy, when he's just showered and his oh, special oh. deodorant? It's like so that. good and comforting. Okay. It's a little spicy. That's Not funny. that kind of spicy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Old spicy. <laughs> but winter greeny. Yes, I love that. My favorite smell, um, just FYI, is a combo of bacon, biscuits, and coffee. Oh, food smells. It Breakfast. It takes me right to my grandma's house. Okay. Favorite. Okay. What advice would you give your 12-year-old self? Oh, 12-year-old self, uh -huh. your best days are ahead. Just embrace the awkwardness for what it is and develop a personality. And then when you have your own money, you can go to Sephora and get your hair cut and spend money on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is good advice. I love that. Sorry to be shallow, 12-year-old self, but no, this is where we're at right now. <laughs> That's so good. Um, what food do you despise? Oh, eggplant. Eggplant. It's so slimy. Every time I've ever had it, it feels like I just put a booger in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that surprised me because I thought you were all things vegetables. I love vegetables. Yeah. I do not like eggplant. Nope, I've tried like, it multiple times. It's a booger in her mouth. <laughs> can't it. It's up there with oysters. It's that <laughs> oh, same God. texture. Oysters, yes. No. Mm -hmm. I can't do them either. Oh, like I've had this conversation with you. What celebrity are you told you most look like? Oh, when I was my fittest... I worked at Lululemon, and on more than one occasion, I was told I looked like Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect. Okay. But I think it's because she has a, a long, large nose and, like, a long face. She does. Yes. But I see that. Yes, so Anna Kendrick. Okay, and I've told you. Do you remember who I told you? Ooh, who did, no, I don't. Anne Hathaway. Oh. You, you have that Anne Hathaway vibe. Yes. Yeah, but I can see you're, like, a meld of this, those yeah. two. I can't sing, though. Um. How would you rate your laugh out of 10? Oh, gosh. I'm going to rate it a zero when I listen to this because uh, you know that feeling when you listen to your own voice. Oh, yes, like, I do. No. Um, I'm going to rate it like an eight because I use it freely and it's not too loud that it overpowers the conversation, but I like people to know that I'm enjoying what they're saying. Okay, that's good so, because um, I rate mine uh, until... I rated mine highly until I listened back to mine and Marie's conversation. I loved that conversation. Oh, but I never realized that all of a sudden I randomly start belly laughing like Mr. Miyagi. Bah! <laughs> no! Yes, I do. Okay. So I listen to him like rolling my eyes every time. It's horrible. Karate Kid is one of my favorite movies and I did not get Mr. Miyagi. So. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> we are validating each other. Left We're and right here. On We're podcast. here for the truth. Okay. Last question. Okay. Um. And we've had this conversation before. What is your word of the season? Oh, we did have this conversation. Mm -hmm. It's joy. Mm -hmm. It is joy for me. Mm -hmm. I, um, the last couple of Christmases, I've gotten bogged down with the work mm -hmm. of Christmas. And I've decided not to do that this year and to just enjoy what the season is. Mm, what a good lead in to the podcast. And here's what um, brings this podcast um 
into life, so to say, because in my conversation with Marie, and it was about thoughtfulness, and I was talking to her about um, how uh, how it's hard to be thoughtful sometimes because I'm wrapped up in uh, the time that it takes and, oh, I could be doing something else. And she made the statement that, well, you need to let go of resentment. And all this, that made my butt pucker, like, all <laughs> of a sudden, like, resentment? What? Do you know who I'm a friendly, funny person? Resentment is awfully strong word to be using. Almost like, how dare you tell me I need to let go of resentment? All this was happening in my head very quickly. <laughs> but then I had that realization hit me of like, oh my gosh, I am holding resentment as I'm trying to do something good for people. I, I'm thinking, because what resentment is, is like a bitter indignation when you mm -hmm. think the uh, something is unjust towards you or that the scales are tipped out of your favor or you get the short end of the stick and you get a little bit of bitter indignation over it. And I realized, oh my gosh, that's what I, I have resentment and I'm holding on to it as I try to do good things for people. That's and it blocks my thoughtfulness. It blocks my my joy of giving. And so that's what sparked letting go of resentment. And I thought this would be a great conversation with um, you, Emily, because you are such a truth teller, mm -hmm. and you know how to speak it in love, and you know how to give your experience in that. And I thought it'd be a great podcast for Sturdy Girl because holding on to resentment. It does affect your if it affects your body, it affects your mind, and it affects your your spirit. And those are all things with Sturdy Girl that we want to become sturdy. So I think all of us experience resentment, but it's the holding on to it that we need to do some work. And I think we all need to do some work on that. So to you, what is resentment, and how do you, Emily, how do you recognize resentment? I am glad you clarified, first of all, why I'm here to talk about resentment, because I was getting a little resentful <laughs> that Marie was called to talk about being thoughtful, and I was being called to talk about being resentful. Okay. So, glad for the clarification. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can name any subject with any of you, and it'd be a wonderful podcast. Um, uh, okay, tell me the question. What is it to me? What is, what is resentment? Okay, it's and how do you recognize that? It's interesting because I I feel a lot like you. I wouldn't have thought of myself as a resentful person mm -hmm. until the last couple of years where I'm being mindful of how I care for others and how I exist in the world and realizing there are a few places that either I either have been or still am working through that. But for me, it's that feeling of it's not fair and um it's not fair to me. Mm -hmm. So resentment for me is when I get really wrapped up in my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I think going deeper, what I realize is, is resentment is my tell. It's like, it's my cue that I'm missing connection with somebody mm -hmm. or I'm disappointed about how things are. So when I think about the times when I experience resentment, it's really um, sort of a mirror of something else isn't 
right because mm -hmm. I am a giving person. I yeah. do value, and I think you would yeah. say the same thing. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking about. It. I was thinking like temptation is not something that we can get away from. It's there. We're going to experience. It's mm -hmm. like saying, "Hey, I'm kind of walking into a danger zone," and we kind of can see, "Oh, I don't want to go that direction." And resentment feels a little bit like that same thing to me of, hey, we're in a danger zone here and it's time to reassess. We've we've lost our way mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, how do I get out of it? Is that was that your other question? How do you how do I recognize, recognize it? it? Yeah. And you, you shared <clears throat> a little bit. I, I think for me, if I'm uh, making a list of all the other times that I have helped this person or if I've of of List my um, keeping accounts, Ooh, that's a, that's a huge one for me. Mm -hmm. um, revisiting the past of things that have been dealt with already of mm -hmm. hurt feelings, and they're I'm bringing them back up and like and this time and this time and mm -hmm. this time. Um, that's a huge red flag for me that I'm kind of spiraling out. And then when I'm um, cataloging the cost of all the other things I could be doing, either with my money or with my time or with my energy when i start thinking of what i could be doing that's a big one that you yes. bring that up that's that's one of my one of my tells it's one of as you speak it i'm like yeah that's one of my tells too because well i could be doing this and it's yeah. a, it causes a an irritab irritability about all the things you could be doing yes but instead I and you've chosen maybe you've chosen to do something like you've chosen to stay behind and help this person after work, but you yes. find yourself getting resentful about it because of all the well, I could be's, I could be's, and getting resentful. Yes, and it robs you of the joy of the doing. Yes, it robs you of like the choice that you have made. I. It's interesting that you use that word choice because I think I feel most often resentful when I felt like I didn't have a choice. Even oh. if the words out mm -hmm. of my mouth are, yes, I'll stay after work and help uh -huh. you with that. The undertone is if I had not said yes, there would have been mm. judgment about me or criticism or people would talk mm. about me. So I often feel resentful when I feel like I wasn't given a choice or the choice was offered, but it was fake. Mm -hmm. Like you're hitting all these little all these little finishing nails all over the head for me <laughs> do you find yourself more susceptible to resentment in certain times totally i think there are certain relationships for me that breed it more often um maybe because of a past or a history or um they're a little bit one-sided in general but i think i'm most susceptible when my resources are already tapped so mm. Um, when my schedule is really packed, I'm resentful when people ask me to help or to take on another thing, or if our budget is tight for whatever reason, mm -hmm. um, I get yeah. resentful when somebody asks me to pick something up for them or to do an extra project. So when I have no margin and when I'm feeling like I'm already at my full capacity, then I'm much more likely to be resentful. Emily, I feel like you have picked up the little booklet of Pam's life and you're reading <laughs> all these little bits about me, but it makes me feel so good that, oh my gosh, this person that I highly um, respect and <clears throat> think is a, 
a wonderful, um, you're, you're a genius to me. You're a great teacher. Also, you're, you're just like me. Yeah, so much. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about relationships, resentment okay. in relationships for a minute. And I know this is a, a Jesus podcast, but there is a story in the Bible about a relationship between two sisters and um, the master of the universe <laughs> and how one holds resentment. And if you don't view the, the, the Bible as um, words of life, that's fine. This is just an ancient story, but it, it holds great meaning. So this story was Jesus. Most of us know who Jesus is. Emily and I think he's the son of God. Oh, yes. And he came to earth and walked around among us, had ministry on earth for three years and did some awesome, great things, taught us how to live kingdom lives. Anyway, he decides to go to the house of Mary and Martha. They're two sisters. And the Bible says that Jesus went and he felt quite at home. Martha was like throwing throwing a good party there and she's doing the dishes making sure the pillows are fluffed all the foods that he likes is out and she's hustling and bustling back in the kitchen and she's probably sweating and is like oh my gosh her fingers are raw from doing the dishes whatever and she goes out and her sister mary has the gall to be sitting there along with all the other guests and listening to what jesus is saying all the stories and she loses her shiz and she walks up to Jesus <laughs> who she's throwing the party for. And she says, Jesus, tell her to get up and help me. And Jesus looks at Martha and he says, dear Martha, of course, everybody says, Martha, Martha. But really <laughs> it's an endearment of dear Martha. Mary has chosen the better thing. Yeah. I mean, I get really Martha because I almost feel like, oh, damn it, Mary. <laughs> Get up! <laughs> she, she's not going to do it. I have to do it. That's right, no, there's right. no. It's there's no choice. That's how I feel like Martha would feel like. Yeah. There's no other choice. If nobody's going to do it, I guess it's yeah, me. Jesus. You're going to want your olives and your pita bread in just a minute. Yeah. And who's going to get that? Martha, me, Mary, sitting here. Get, tell her to get up. Well, there's a fine example of resentment brewing and stewing and holding on to that because. Martha feels like she has the short of the end of the stick. When Jesus says, I, it's not the serving that I'm into. And he, the story says that he felt quite at home. So he was enjoying the, the atmosphere, but he's telling Martha, it's not in your doing, it's in your being mm -hmm. with me. I don't know, perhaps if Martha was doing all the things out of wanting to just be with Jesus or out of the relationship part of, I, I want you to experience it because this is my love language, Jesus. And, but instead it, it became like, I don't have a choice. Yeah. I, I, towards the both of you, like here I am giving to you. I have resentment for that. And I have resentment for you not helping me. And so that is a fine story yes. of resentment and relationships. Yes. One thing I do want um, you to talk about is the resentment that can happen when you're a caregiver. I kind of sent that to you. Yeah. I kind of feel it in my heart. I don't know, just right now that someone needs to hear um, that we see you mm -hmm. and yeah. not to feel guilty about having that resentment 
if you are a caregiver right now to someone yeah. who is so sick. Oh. And um, it could be your husband. It could be um, elderly parents. It could be a child. Um, we, we recognize that it's so hard. Um, I don't fully know what it's like <clears throat> to be a caregiver. <clears throat> Sorry. 24-7 without a break. And um, having that resentment, it's human. you have any words to to say about maybe being a caregiver and having that resentment? This is a tricky one because I also have not been in that, that position myself. So it's hard to speak fully to something that we haven't experienced. Mm -hmm. But I, a few things come to mind. The first thing that I think of right now mm -hmm. is that sometimes when we are in a pattern of resentfulness where we've kind of gotten stuck. I think it's easy to get stuck there. We interpret other people's interactions with us through that filter. So we assume if we're maxed out and we're not enjoying helping, nobody else will either. And we might miss the people who can help mm -hmm. and the people who can mm -hmm. lift the load. Mm -hmm. So, um, in a season where, especially when I think of like illness or something, sometimes um, it's almost easier to feel resentful than to feel grief mm. or to feel um, that deep, deep sorrow. So mm. have you heard like it's easier to be mad than sad? Yeah. And I think that we would watch that it's easier to disguise or bury or cover our grief with resentment because if we're resentful, we can still do stuff. Like it's resentment is kind of like an action oriented feeling. I'm going to do the dishes, but I'm going to slam them and I'm going to get this done, but I'm going to do it. But grief almost mm -hmm. like can paralyze a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we're in a, a season where we're being called to care for people, yeah, it can feel a little safer to be resentful than to be mm -hmm. um, grieving. Yeah. So, maybe just being aware of that of mm -hmm. is is my resentment actually just the stopper on my discouragement or my grief or my disappointment right now um it's not the resentment because it's human yes a hundred percent it's the holding on that's the feeding the end. yeah 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 and we recognize that we are far from therapists and yeah. we're, we're far from clinically knowing all the answers, but this is just our observation from living life and being Jesus people also, I believe. Uh, I'm an, Another thought is occurring to me, um, thinking of that story of Mary and Martha, of um, maybe in that season, thinking about what is truly necessary, not what looks good or makes us feel good. I think a lot of us are prone to, if we're going to throw a party, we're going to get the napkins and we're going to get the plates and we're going to get the food and I'm going to cut all the grapes in half because they look better on the tray that way. And we add a lot of steps that don't add a lot of value. So maybe if you're having trouble holding on to that resentment, start thinking about what can I let go of? Maybe I don't feel like I can let go of my resentment right mm -hmm. now, but 
maybe there are small tasks that I don't, that I picked up along the way just because either nobody else was doing them or because it was good one time, but it doesn't need to be good every time. And maybe choosing small tasks to take off the plate mm -hmm. um, can create that, some I, margin. I picture, this is a good lead into how, how do we let go of resentment? As you're saying that, I picture two type this and maybe you can't let go with all of your fingers, but maybe you can open one, release a thumb at a time. Yeah. Why? So are, are there any more, before I jump into to something else, any more tips that, that you know helps you let go of resentment? Are we moving out of caretaking and into Did you have general? anything else to no, say? No, I don't. I feel so unqualified for I just would extend my compassion. If Me you too. are in that season, I think what you said, Pam, of it's natural, like giving yourself permission to feel all the feelings. Yeah. Um, but then recognizing that some will guide you better than others. Yeah. Some will be more useful yeah. than others. And um, we can get in the habit of filtering feelings we're going to experience them all mm -hmm. but choosing which yeah to to land with mm -hmm. um, and and you might have valid feelings to feel resentful towards somebody yeah, it could I have think been so. abuse or um <clears throat> hurtful words or um so many things that you feel validated mm -hmm. in being resentful however it's the letting go. What's mm -hmm. what this podcast is all about? What what our conversation is all about? It's the in the letting go that is in the healing because ultimately, if you keep holding on, it it replays to me yes. in my mind. It it replays it. It replays the abuse. It, it yeah. replays the the injustice done towards you. It replays the hurtful words, mm -hmm. the the damaging things. Um, so learning to let go even if you just can't fully release it all at once finger by finger and learning to release that is better for you mm -hmm. body mind and spirit yeah. how do you emily eichley how do you um let go of resentment when you find yourself holding on i i first have to know that that's what i'm doing sometimes it takes me a minute to catch on that right i'm my my resent i'm pretty good at quiet resentment where it's in my heart and my face is smiling and um my insides are not matching my outsides so when i catch myself then i can do something about it um and for me because so often i am resentful when i feel like i either didn't have a good choice or wasn't given a choice um i have to pause and remind myself what my choices actually are like mm -hmm. i can keep the pattern going mm -hmm. i can follow through with what I said yes with mm -hmm. and shift my attitude about it. Or if it's something that's happening often, then I can behave differently. So the example that I thought of, I can use this one because it's finished. Okay. It's a, it's it a resolved <laughs> uh, point of resentment. But my husband, Andy, he uh, for a long, long time has coached wrestling, which is a winter sport. Mm -hmm. And in the area that we live, it's, um, popular there it's got a lot that goes with it so when our boys were very young he w was most involved and it involved a lot of traveling and a lot of weekends so he would work 
a full-time job during the week. And mm -hmm. then on weekends, Saturday and Sunday, you would be gone, um, coaching, wrestling, watching kids. And then um, he would have these trips to California or Idaho. And he'd always send me texts, well, we ate at this restaurant. We're doing this. And I'm like, you're on vacation. Don't, don't tell me this is for work. Um, and I was mad. And he would come home and I would be cold and grouchy. And in his mind, he was earning money. He was, right. he was filling up. He was doing something that he was good at and that he loved. And I was just mean yeah, about it. Um, but those, he wasn't going to stop. It was a thing that he loved and he mm -hmm. was good at. And I didn't really want him to, I just wanted to go to California and go on vacation too. Right. But, um, but then I realized while he's gone, I was trying to keep everything running. I was trying to still make the dinners. I was keeping the groceries going. I was feeling annoyed because he had a change of pace and I didn't. Mm. And so I decided every time he went on a trip, I got to do whatever my version of vacation was. So I would take the boys out to dinner. We would go get a new Lego set so that they would be entertained and I wouldn't have to think about what to do and they would be happy. And it shifted. Nothing about what he was doing changed at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I recognize that as a privilege that I could do that. But as soon as I didn't keep holding him to these fake expectations that I should be maintaining everything exactly as if we mm -hmm. were on a regular schedule, then I could let him go cheerfully. I was like, cool, see you later. I'll go on my own little mini staycation change while of, you're gone. Change of perspective and a, a realization of other choices. Yes. So recognizing my choices, listing, sometimes I even list out choices that I could make that would be different. They're not all good ones. Um, but just recognizing that I could make a different choice is sometimes just what I need. Yeah. That that um, recognize and then taking responsibility of, oh, yikes, I've got resentment. Like what happened with me and Marie toward, for me, um, getting a new perspective. And I lump all these together um, because I have to remember how much I'm forgiven, mm -hmm. how much I should be thankful for, and how much I'm loved. And like I said, it's not a Jesus take, but that's what I have to remind myself of, of how much um, Jesus holds no resentment towards me. And I mess up every single day. And mm -hmm. I, I have failing thoughts every single day, but he just never stops, never stops. His love is relentless towards me. So if he's relentless, relentlessly loving me, I mean, how can I hold resentment towards somebody else? So that's what helps me. Mm -hmm. It's in the recognizing, taking responsibility that you're holding it and all those different yeah. things. And yeah. Emily, thank you. I wanted to do this um, podcast for the holiday season because we want to enjoy it. We want to mm -hmm. go through it with joy. Yes. We want to be merry and bright. We want to go through it with awe and wonder. And that takes some recognizing of Okay, it might be being resentful in the shopping, the wrapping, the baking, the doing, the decorating, all that. Or we have other choices. Yeah, we do. Any other last words? I could ramble for a million years. I'm you full keep, of words. Keep uh, I think, nope, I think you're right. Gratitude is almost always the solution to every funk. 
I think that gratitude goes a long, long way yeah. in moving us to the people that we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone recognize, do some, do some, uh, what is it? Inflections, <laughs> reflections. Um, and we want your holidays to be joyful, merry, and bright.